Good morning. God's grace and courage to you. Thank you for coming. Welcome not only to those here in the sanctuary, but to those in the, uh, the fellowship hall and those watching online. I have never been teleported before, so this is a big day for me. Let's pray. Great and gracious God, our blessings are beyond count, beyond our deserving. We gladly gather here to praise you, to honor your name, and to be encouraged. And we ask now that the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts, will be acceptable and beneficial. Amen. You are sitting there thinking, who's this guy? He's never been up there before. What is this, the fifth Sunday of July? Well, yes, it is. <laughs> The A team is gone, pastors Steve and Angie. Uh, the B team is covering other bases, your real fine church staff. So you get the C team today. The C is for Chris. Chris Brecky, a new member here at First Lutheran, and today's pinch hitter. For those of you who know baseball, you know that the pinch hitter uh, is not in the lineup for a reason. And the pinch hitter sometimes comes through and sometimes not. Here we go. I'll take my swings. I am benefiting by, and I trust that you are also, the series of messages uh, that have been done on good and beautiful. We have been spending several months now uh, on some great books the Good and Beautiful God. Second, it was The Good and Beautiful Life. And now we're on The Good and Beautiful Community. Very helpful. I hope many of you are, are reading along and, and enjoying. The opposite of good and beautiful uh, is broken and ugly. And living in a world that has so much brokenness and ugliness day by day, on and on. How wonderful it is to be revived again by the glorious gospel news that the maker of heaven and earth is not sizing us up and writing us off, but yet remains passionately in love with us and at work to restore us. And part of how this loving Lord is doing this is by means of community. We'll be thinking a lot about community in these days. The Lord is sending out the call and joining up a team who seeks to follow Jesus in his rescue mission for planet Earth. For life need not be broken and ugly, same old, same old. The Savior has come and is risen and is alive and on the move, and he's calling us to join him. We get our chance to be tapped into the community of Christ. I hope you find that a very hopeful and encouraging thing. Well, let's think about that and be encouraged this morning. The uh, chapter in the book, for those reading along, is the encouraging community. And the key verse for us to ponder this morning is this verse from Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. We urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, Encourage the disheartened, help the weak, 
Be patient with everyone. A good word. Encourage the disheartened. Part of the Christian task is to be an encourager. Life can be so discouraging, disheartening. So St. Paul urges us, brothers and sisters, to live God's love by encouraging, helping, patiently. I hope it's a word of life for you to think about the key word this morning. Encourage. What a great word. And what a necessary word. As you can see, the root of the word, the root of the word encourage is courage. To encourage is to build in courage, to plant courage in. And God wants to do that today in you, courage into you. Well, let's try that this way. Today's sermon is brought to you by the letter C and by the number 5. So I'm going to share five words that start with C, and hopefully through them we'll be proclaiming the goodness and beauty of what the Lord has in store for you. Now, as we move along, if you jot down all five of these C words, your door prize will be a coffee and a cookie after church. Nah. You get that free by grace, whether you jot them all down or daydream through the whole C-team sermon. So we're going to think about these words, and for those who do want to count, uh, neither Chris, nor coffee, nor cookie, nor church uh, are in the five. So wait for it. C1 is courage. Some might say courage is the opposite of fear. That is true linguistically, but in the actual world, courage and fear usually coexist inside us. They're usually both in there stirring around. And courage is stepping up and doing the right thing even when you're afraid. So don't fear the fear. That, that's rather natural in such a world as ours but let God raise you up and grant you courage. It is perhaps ironic that, that I, Chris, uh, was asked to preach this day when the key theme is courage. For courage and I are, are not in natural proximity. Truth is, I am by nature timid. I hang back from leadership I am slow to speak out. I do not jump right in. But God has made some progress with me. I think it's getting better, and I know He can do so for you as well if you struggle with a little timidity on your part. I'm not as bad as, as Ole. Ole was bragging one morning at work about uh, this spat that he had had with his wife, Lena. And Sven says, well, what is that then, Ole? How did that go? And Ole says, well, uh, we, we had a fight, yeah, but uh, she, come, she come crawling to me on her hands and knees. And Sven says, yeah, really? What, what did she say? And Ole says, oh, shoot then. Well, well, she came crawling over and said, Ole, you come out from under that bed and fight like a man. 
well, I don't hide under the bed, but I'm still working on my courage, and I bet some of you are as well. I think the Lord has, has gotten me this far. You, have you seen this poster before? It's from World War II. The Nazis were bombing London, and this poster was meant to encourage the people, keep calm and carry on. That's a nice take on courage. Keep calm and carry on. Now, this neat saying has also spawned a lot of spin-offs. You've maybe seen this uh, design and some other words put to it, that there's even a spin-off uh, of the invert, the, the opposite saying that goes, panic and run. That's not us. That's not courage. We're going to step up in the courage of Christ, in the encouragement that he plants into us. C1 is courage. I won't spend as much time on C2 because it's not very nice. C2 is crud. We need courage in such a world as ours because crud happens. The world is not a safe and easy place. It's got a lot to scare you. Family dysfunction, violence, terrorism, lousy politicians, health problems, class and race division, on and on. There's a whole truckload of crud in the world. You could get run over. Earthly life can be pretty cruddy sometimes. So some days we have to really remind ourselves whose we are. We want to remind ourselves by using a great saying that Pastor Steve has been teaching us. Uh, I think you've seen this several times as he's put it up here. I am a child of God in whom Christ dwells, and I live in the unshakable kingdom of God. I love that encouragement. We need that. Pa Pastor Steve would like it if we would say it together, I'm sure. I am a child of God in whom Christ dwells, and I live in the unshakable kingdom of God. Truth is, we might feel kind of shaky some days when the crud piles up, but we are reminded the Lord is unshakable, and we are His children today and forever, and He is planting His courage into us. The crud is going to lose. Crudness is not our destiny. Don't believe that because C-Team Chris tells you so. Believe it because the crucified and risen Christ tells you so. C-3, the heart of the whole matter, is Christ. Jesus Christ alone is our hope and our salvation amidst all the crud of life. For he left the glory above and stooped to the lowest of the low, took on every misery in this life, and pulled off the ultimate rescue. For he has taken on the worst thing that could ever happen to you, and he did it for you. Your pain, your failure, your shame, your crud has been swallowed up by his colossal love, and he's got you, and he's going to see you through. And when he lives within, 
life changes. It changes from night to day, from a hopeless end to an endless hope. For I think we know the truth. On our own, we are tiny, temporary, trivial travelers in a vast, cold universe. But because God has taken action in the flesh, in Christ, we are saved. Glory be to Jesus. The difference he makes is like this. C4 is cat. Now, cat lovers, uh, take no offense at what I'm about to tell you. Because my wife, Joe and I had a cat on our farm. She was a great cat. And we also had a dog and a horse and a steer and a pig and some chickens and goats. But, but the cat, the cat was unique as they are. It, it's kind of like this. Pretend first that a dog walks into the room, sits down, and the dog is looking up at you. And the dog is thinking, you pet me, you feed me, you put a roof over my head. You must be God. Not long thereafter, the cat walks into the room. The cat sits down and is looking up at you. And the cat is thinking, you pet me, you feed me, you put a roof over my head. I must be God. <laughs> uh-huh. I think we get that. I think we get that. Now, the cat probably has no choice about that life attitude. But we humans do. And we who have been showered with all the blessings of this life, handed to us freely, we should be dog-like and praise God, our maker and friend. Alas, by nature, we are cat-like, thinking we are God and it's all about us. That's how we humans roll. Until the loving Christ gets inside our head and heart and frees us up, frees us up for a life of love and faith. He implants the courage to live with trust and service in this world. How? How's he going to do that, you ask? Well, the Lord has several ways that he will be planting this courage, this faith into us. Here are some. He'll do it by means of his word, written and read and proclaimed. He'll do it by means of his meal as we come to him and he feeds us with the body and the blood. He'll do it by means of his spirit, stirring and shaping and working in your life, known and unknown. And he'll do it as we're focusing today through his community, through the body of Christ alive and among you. C5 is for community. Community. The way of Jesus is not a solo performance. We don't do well as Lone Ranger Christians. The Lord has given us each other, a whole orchestra with a vast variety of gifts that can far outperform any soloist. I think you know that we are living in an anti-institutional time. That's become the common thing, where commitment to a group, to something bigger than yourself, is kind of out for modern Western earthlings are increasingly 
individualized, doing our own thing, making up our own rules, keeping our options open. And we in Christ stand very differently. We are the counterculture. We are those who commit ourselves voluntarily to our Jesus and to each other. And we do it on purpose, imperfectly, but on purpose, and try to live that way, reflecting the goodness of our God. When Joe and I moved up here in November from our farm and tried out a few churches, uh, what drew us here to First Lutheran was the focus on community, the intentional emphasis on small groups and Bible study. We were so glad to find a church where it wasn't just show up for an hour on Sunday kind of place, is that we would have brothers and sisters to encourage, to share the journey. It meant a lot. And so I think we all need and grow and prosper in the community of Christ. The good book puts it this way. Oh, nice cat. Hebrews 10, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we might spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. What a good word for us. We, we are not Hebrews, but we are he and she, brothers and sisters, who need each other and will bless each other on the way. I think we know it's true that God drops this truth bomb on us and hopefully we are nodding and saying, yep, it is so. Let us draw near. Let us hold fast. Let us spur one another on. That's part of our assignment. And I think we can do it. It's an us thing, a community, a common unity of being encouragers. Perhaps the key verse here that I'm thinking about is, let us consider how to spur one another on. So I say, okay, consider it. Would you consider it? Think of someone, maybe family, maybe friend, maybe neighbor. How can you spur, or some translations use stir, how can you be part of God's rescue, part of God's love for them? Consider that. That's the question of the day. How can we do that? Could you say hello to someone you don't know after church today? Could you invite someone to a church event or, or a small group? Could, could you write a thank you note or a we're with you note? You can keep that list going. And the answer is yes. Yes, we can. That God can grant us the courage to be an encourager. And by so doing, we hasten the invasion, the invasion of sweet heaven into our wounded world. 
I hope you think it's awesome to have the opportunity to be part of this work. If you're inclined to agree and want Jesus to help nudge you on, then say, Amen. Amen.